This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. After a day away from the home studios in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center yesterday, it's a lot of fun always being there at the Raiders HQ, but it's always fun to be back in studio with my guy, Damon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, making everything happen. Pushing all the right buttons, trying to get his energy up. Are you up? Are you ready? I'm up. I'm up. I'm ready to go. Uh, not, that didn't even sound like Uncle Willie, man. No, you, know, uh, I, you know what? You know what? To be honest, I was listening to today's press conferences, and it was like everybody's all like, you know, on to Pittsburgh now. And it's just like, man, the NFL is moving too fast for me. Well, I mean, that's what, <laughs> what, what you want to do. It's already Wednesday. <laughs> I know. And, they, and that's funny. It's actually funny you said that because it does seem like this week is flying by, but it's because the game was on Monday, you know? So it's a short week. So, yeah, I mean, you're. Really, it's Wednesday. Tomorrow, I mean, you're all damn near into the weekend. I mean, you know, so uh, pretty soon I'll be getting on that bird and heading to Pittsburgh and ready for the game, you know, and it's just, here you go. We wait all summer long. We wait all off season for football to come back. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, boom, you're two, three weeks into the season. And for some teams, if you ain't got no dub, you may be two or three weeks into wondering what kind of draft position you're going to have, you know? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but I mean, I'm telling you, some some of these divisions, you get down 0-2, 0-3, even 0-4 in the season, all of a sudden you're starting to starting to sell off the farm, starting to hold not, on. But with that 17th game, do you think teams might wait an extra week before they like, hey, we out of it? Uh, I think teams, once you get four or five weeks into the season, I think you kind of know who you are. You know what I'm saying? I think you just kind of know who you are. And there's some you know really good competitive teams out there. There's there's going to be a lot of Fun football still to be had, obviously, the 17 weeks, but there's certain teams that, you know, like Jacksonville Jaguars, for example, they're going to be terrible, you know, so in a couple more weeks. If One they're, game they're already saying, is the coach going to leave the team? Well, and that's, <laughs> I mean, and that's the, it's Urban Meyer. So it's not out of the question. And then when they asked him, and they did ask him today in the press conference about the USC job, and he said, I'm not leaving to go to USC. I'm going to be here. That's damn near a kiss of death. That's damn near a kiss of death. He it, didn't say it with his chest, as the kids say. I mean, he might have even said it with his chest. No, but I watched the video. Okay. He did not. It was just like a, well, you know, uh, I'm here to try to build a good organization here. I mean, Nick Saban wasn't leaving Miami either to go back to college. You know, there's there's a lot of examples. You know, there's there's coaches that always tell you, oh, yeah, we're not lo- looking to move on from this guy. This guy's going to be here for the long haul. Then he's traded the next day. It's always the kiss of death. When you say when one guy says one thing, it usually means the other. So, I mean, it just is what it is. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, just... Talking about being here on a Wednesday already uh, is crazy, man. Already halfway through the week, but uh, have a fantastic show for you as we start to now turn the, turn the page. You know, we enjoyed Monday night, enjoyed being at Allegiant Stadium. Obviously, the fan base loved the uh, the outcome. No matter how the Raiders got it, they loved the outcome. We was able to talk about it in great length yesterday. Heard from a lot of Raider Nation about their thoughts, what they learned about the team. Uh, we did that on Tuesday. Well, now you start to turn the page. You got to start to turn the page to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A very tough out. And the Raiders have a lot of injuries. The Raiders sent over their injury report from today. 
That was a long laundry list. Raiders just sent over. You got to shout out to Katie over there with the Raiders. Just sent over a, a transaction for the rosters. Raiders assigned free agent defensive tackle Damian Square, guard Jordan Simmons. Uh, both of those guys have been added to the active roster. They also signed HaHa Clinton Dix to the practice squad. That was something that we talked about on Monday. And then in corresponding moves, the Raiders have placed guard Denzel Good and defensive tackle Gerald McCoy on the reserve injured uh, list and released cornerback Madre Harper from the practice squad. So Denzel Good, Gerald McCoy, their season's officially over. Uh, Denzel Good was talking the ACL, talked about that. And then Gerald McCoy, uh, he's out for the season as well, and that stinks. Uh, I really hate that for Gerald McCoy. Really hate that for Gerald McCoy because, man, just the energy and the veteran leadership that he brought to the table uh, once he signed with the Raiders, I, I just I felt pretty good about that. I was pretty excited about what he could do for the team and the way that he helps these younger players kind of even just be pros. You know, he talked about that multiple times. So hate that Gerald McCoy is going to miss the season. I'm sure he's going to keep in touch with the fellas and, and try to help them as much as he can. But it's going to obviously be from a distance as he, uh, you know, tries to tries to heal up. And that's just unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, before the game, he put out a nice piece in the Players Tribune. Yeah. You and I were talking about it, but it was like so I, I tweeted out, I'm rooting for him. You were right. going to run through a wall for a guy like that. He's tweeting about how his kids are like, hey, why aren't you playing? He's like, I got to get back on a team next year. Yep. I got to get out on the field. Because, you know, for these guys, like being being on a team really defines them. And you're like, I want this guy to succeed. Right. You know, because he's had such a great career so far. And in the first game of the season. Right. Exactly. It's like heartbreaking. It, it was. It was bad. And I mentioned it yesterday uh, while I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, when he was down, and I remember Clay Baker was sitting in the in the uh, press box next to me. I, I saw him when he was on the on, on the on the the grass. I saw, man, that doesn't look good. He's been down for a while. It doesn't look good. That's Gerald McCoy. I mean, the first thing when I saw ninety three, I just, I mean, it's almost like my heart sunk. I was like, oh man, not Gerald. It, it, of course, you don't want anybody to get injured. And I had somebody hit me earlier, and this I, I probably shouldn't even care, but Twitter is so whatever. I uh, I said something about I hate that for Gerald McCoy, and then the person hit me up and said, "Well, would you rather the guys be healthy and the Raiders lose?" And I was like, "That's not even a conversation." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who has that conversation? Oh well, the hell with it. They got a W, so sacrifice everyone. Like, are you kidding me? What kind of conversation is that? So I didn't got to break a few eggs. Like, what <laughs> I mean, man, I understand that Dan Campbell right there in uh, Detroit with the Lions is talking about biting off kneecaps, but man, give me a break. Don't make. Don't trade. Talk about wins and and guys getting injured. Oh, you know, hey, the guys are healthy, but the team lost. Like, who's the, who does that? That was kind of weird to me. But I learned new weird things all the time. I was telling you about some weird stuff in the hallway before I even got on the show today. So it's it's just it is what it is. I uh, got some early feedback on the Sam and Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Is it Tom? Nope, it's not Tom. Tom, man, Tom's got to get on his hustle. You know, people starting to take because over. folks start to text in early now. So, Tom, I used to kind of reserve the text line for you to start things off, get things going like a leadoff there, like Ricky Henderson. I was giving you the Ricky Henderson approach. I was letting you lead things off, set the tone for the text line. But now Raider Dre from San Jose, he's coming for that leadoff spot. He hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Hey Q, side note. Have you schooled DeMond on how good of an offensive coordinator Ton Downing is? Yikes. Maybe he better know now uh, because he was uh, because he was booty in the town. And, uh, yeah, I talked about that on Monday. I've tried to talk about that a couple times. Todd Downing is a terrible offensive coordinator. And, DeMond, I know that you're somewhat of a Tennessee Titans fan, so you, uh, you're learning that as you saw how terrible Todd Downing was. And I know you're going to give him some more time. 
But I don't even really know how much of a Titans fan you are anymore. I mean, I see you rocking the Raiders sunglasses now. I mean, you you kind of got it all going. I think your gangster Raider said it a few times that he's going to invite you to the dark side. I think you're I think you're already there. You just ain't telling nobody. You know what's so funny? Fargo Raider tweeted at me. It was like the little gif or the meme of the guy he's looking back from his girlfriend. And it, was, it had, like, uh, the Raiders, and then the girlfriend's looking at him, and that's the Titans. Oh, and I yeah. was like, it's okay to look every now and again. You know, I'm just looking. You know, okay. take a little peek. Like, mm, they do look good. So what you're doing is you're 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 observing the commercial. You don't necessarily have to buy the product, but you're observing the commercial. Exactly. You're doing a little window shopping right it now. It was like, man, it is looking good. Okay. Looking right. good, Raider Nation. Well, there you go. Keep De- it up. But before this season's over, hell, before this week's over, DeMond's going to be full-fledged silver and black. He's going to come in here with a Max Crosby jersey on. He's going to come in with uh, Max Crosby's jersey is too big for you. You gotta have to get you uh maybe uh oh, John Brown's not with the team anymore. I was gonna say you're gonna have to get you like someone like Smoke or something. Hunter Renfro, we'll get you a Hunter Renfro jersey. Hey man, did you see the the report that the uh, Raiders fouled? Yeah. Like a little. Did you see the hits that the guy was taking? I did. I looked. At, I saw one Marlon Humphrey one in <laughs> yeah. particular where it was just like the play wasn't even. Like it wasn't even. Cl- it wasn't even headed just, in his direction. Not at all. Not at all. Actually, you know what? You could. You could. You could rock a Josh Jacobs jersey. Because Josh Jacobs is, is is you know, he's not the, the biggest dude, the but he's got a little stocky to him. The what? The joke they made at the dealership on no, Saturday? No, no, what they said. Um, they was just like, you know, he signed so many autographs, you know, he stayed overtime. They was like, hey, maybe we could get you to be a stand-in. We got a guy that looks <laughs> close enough to him. So one of the one of the guys who works at the dealership, he brings me over to another guy, and he was like, hey, this is the guy I was talking about. <laughs> That's funny. The man to fill in for Josh Jacobs. How's your toes? Oh, you know, just fine. Are they good? Yeah. Are they good? All right, go on to pass your toes to Josh Jacobs so he can be good. <laughs> Someone asked me about that the other day. They said, how, well, how long do you think it's going to be for his, his toes to heal? I was like, they're toes. He runs. He's. I mean, have you ever had a bad toe? I've had a broken toe multiple times from playing basketball. They don't just heal overnight. I mean, really, the, the key is staying off of them. He's not going to stay off of his toes. He's going to keep playing. He's gonna. That's who Josh Jacobs is. Now he's going to get rested. The Raiders are going to rest him because that's just who you know. They don't. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He knows the offensive scheme. He knows where he's. You know. He knows how to run. So they're not going to. They're not going to uh, overuse him in practice or anything throughout the course of the weeks. But Josh Jacobs is. A, that's that's who he is, man. He's going to play. What we have learned from him throughout the course of his career already is that he plays through injuries. That's just who he is, and uh, that's that's just <laughs> just might as well. Get used to that. Uh, coming up on today's show at 2.30, we'll talk to our guy, uh, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. He's also from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders, what he learned from the team on Monday night at Allegiant Stadium. Also, he'll ke- catch us up on UNLV, and he'll try to talk DeMond off the off the ledge when it comes to UNLV since they got a game this weekend coming up on Saturday versus Iowa State. Iowa State's on upset alert. Iowa State's offense, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. Their offense has not looked very good at all. It's only through a couple weeks of the season, but their offense doesn't look good. And the and UNLV does have a good defense. Do I think they're going to get upset? No. Creating turnovers galore, that defense is. Well, okay. <laughs> More interceptions already this season than they had last season. Okay, well, that's I mean, that's a positive. That's a positive. That's something to hang your hat on there. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go that far and say that they're going <laughs> to upset Iowa State, but I will say that their offenses look bad. So Ed Graney will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders and all things UNLV. And then at 3 o'clock, as I say, we're going to start turning our, our attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Brooke Pryor from ESPN, she does a great job covering the Pittsburgh Steelers like a glove. She'll join us to talk about Pittsburgh, talk about the fact that they're 1-0 after getting a victory over the Bills, uh, what her expectations are this week as the Raiders travel to Pittsburgh to Heinz Field 
and uh, you know battle with the the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get the update. We'll get the skinny. We'll get all the information, all the all all the need to know. We'll get that from Brooke Pryor coming up at three o'clock, and then of course Raider Nation throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Definitely hit us up. That's the Raider Nation listener line. And then the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Got the question I want to throw out there. Like to come to the show every day with a question. What's your concern level right now? How concerned are you with this Raiders team now that all these injuries are starting to pile up? Still don't really officially know what's going on with Unique Ngakwe, but you know for a fact that Denzel Good's out. You know for a fact Gerald McCoy's out. You know for a fact there's something wrong with Marcus Mariota. I mean, there's some injuries, and I got the injury list, and I'll go through it. Uh, the injury report from today, Wilkis sent it over to us, and it's very lengthy. It's like your kid's Christmas list. When I was a, when I was a kid, my mom used to sit the Sears catalog in front of me. And I used to go through the toy section and circle every toy I wanted. And I'll tell you, DeMond, that list was long. I wanted everything. Shocking, right? Some things of never course. change. I'm 44 and I still want everything. <laughs> but point is, this list is very long. So we'll get to that throughout the course of the show. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, DeMond? First up, we got Gangster Raider. Gangster Raider, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, man? Chilling. Hey, I want to say two things. First of all, um... Did um did you go to practice today and did Richie Incognito practice? Were you at practice? Do you know? I was not at practice, but Richie Incognito was not either. He did not practice either. Damn. Well, that's another thing I'm worried about because all the injuries, I'm really worried about our line, uh, offensive line. I'm worried about Josh Jacobs because he already looked beat up in the first game. And I think, you know, it's important if we're going to beat Pittsburgh, I think we're going to need the line and the running game to be on point because if the offense is clicking – I don't think they can outscore us, especially with the way the defense is playing. You know what I mean? Because Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh, um, Buffalo shut them out in the first half. Right, right. Yeah, and they I got clicking in the I, second half, but they, they were shut out in the first half. You're right. Yeah, and I think if our defense is comparable you know, to theirs and at least hold them to at least anywhere between three to seven points in the first half or even shut them out possibly, then we should be able to um, outscore them because if our offense is clicking and Derek Carr is rolling – like he was in the um, fourth quarter uh, um, of the Monday night game, then we should be able to outscore um, Pittsburgh. But that's only if our line is doing its job and we're able to run the ball with Josh Jacobs. But that's why I always wanted us to get a big bruising back, like a Michael Bush type of running back, because that's what we, I think we need to solve our red zone problems and um, it'll help boost our um, running game even more. So the things that concern me basically are the um, offensive line, you know, Josh Jacobs being injured, and um, also, you know, the injury to Gerald McCoy. But I think if Gerald McCoy can get in the ear of the defensive line players like um, Pharrell and the other players that's, you know, that's not really living up to their potential and just give him pointers and give him that, that same kind of love that he got for the game, that might be a blessing in disguise if he just can, you know, school them and make them more professional. You know what I mean? And also, let me explain something I said yesterday. I said something on Vinny's show where I said we won in spite of core. 
not because of Carr. I, I'm not saying I'm a Carr hater. I, I support Carr. You know what I'm saying? I got a I got a Derek Carr jersey that I'm waiting to buy. It's in my shopping cart on one of these websites. <laughs> but I wait for him. I wait for him to lead up to the playoffs before I um actually purchase it. Before you, know you press was, go. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Kind of kind of kind of like the mom's doing with the Raider Nation. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 waiting. You know what I'm saying to um, really get my stamp of approval for Derek Carr. But I was just pointing out. I think it's his fault that Leatherwood jumped in the first place because he did a hard snap at the line that caused Leatherwood to jump. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's. I get it. I get it. It doesn't even matter at this point. They won the game. It doesn't even matter. Um, I, you know, we can split hairs on if whose fault it was, what the deal was. It doesn't matter. Um, I didn't like the play call. I didn't like the first play call. And honestly, he probably was in the end zone. We're not even talking about that. I saw a picture. It, look, it looked pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're not even talking about that. I didn't like the quarterback sneak just because I don't like the quarterback sneak with Derek Carr. I like it with some quarterbacks, but not him. He actually kind of looked like he was in the end zone. So that's a whole other conversation that a lot of people aren't talking about. So I'm not, not really worried about whose fault was what and what happened. That's, you know, again, like I said, we're turning the page to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and, and your concerns are valid. Offensive line, of course, Richie Incognito would be great to see him back, but he did not participate in practice today. Denzel Good is out for the season. Uh, you got a Luminor who's going to be there who filled in for good. He did a pretty good job there. John Simpson, he was a fourth-round pick from Clemson a year ago, did a pretty good job holding it down at the left guard position. So if that's what it is, that's what it is. The question I have is what I've been asking and talking about for a while now. Who's behind those guys? Where's the depth? The Raiders don't have a lot of that. That's what my biggest concern has been for this team for some weeks now. And I've been talking about it. A lot of people just kind of shrugged it off, which is fine. Not a big deal. But injuries happen in the NFL. It's just simple as that. They have it's a reality. You know it's going to happen. It happens to every team. Somebody hit me up and asked me, you know, are the Raiders do they have, suffer more injuries than any other team? No, look at the team that they just beat. They got like six or seven guys on IR right now. Starters. Big time players. So no, injuries just happen in the NFL and they're happening a lot, especially early on in the season when a lot of the guys didn't get a lot of burn in preseason. So, I mean that's that that's that's what that is, but Concerns are definitely valid. Uh, who we got up next, Damon? From L.A. to the Bay, we got Rich in Oakland. Rich in the 510. What's up, Rich? Hey, what's up with it, guys? Chilling, man. Yeah, I'm concerned, too, about the injuries. You know, um, this, we didn't even play nobody in the preseason, and we got all these injuries stacked up. That list is very long, and it's, uh, it's like you were saying, the depth on this team, you know, and it all stems from missing on these draft picks. You know, we smoked two, three, uh, two third-rounders. With Moose and Bowden, those could have been offensive linemen, defensive linemen. You know, we keep smoking these draft picks. That's when the depth comes into play. You know what I mean? And uh, I was at the game, and I agree with you. Derek Carr was in the end zone. And then them taking away that touchdown with Brian Edwards, man, we was going crazy up in the building. They should have just gave us that, you know, home opener, touchdown, game winner. But they want to, you know, take it back. And then you know what happened. So our emotions were so high. We were so juiced, going crazy. We won the game. We dropped back down, rock bottom, when Derek throws that interception, which wasn't on him. And then, you know, Nassar knocking the ball out of Jackson's hand, fumble. You know, we're back up again, you know, throwing it to Zay Jones. You don't know the man, I felt so good inside. Like, that stadium was rocking, bro. A lot of people said that if they built it, we wouldn't come. Well, guess what? We there. Oakland. 
Bay Area, we showed up to Vegas and we turned up, man. That stadium was the loudest stadium I've been to in a minute, bro. Like, I'm not even lying. I don't know if it's because it's a, it's a dome or what, yep. but that energy in there was going crazy, and I love it, man. I love the energy that we brought. I love my team. I love the fact that Derek Carr stepped it up after, you know, uh, let's call it what it is. He was, he, was, he was all bad the first half, you know what I mean? But we got to go preseason reps in the first half, and he got it together. I was just really worried about the injuries. And, hey, who knows, maybe we need a new strength and conditioning coach because something – something it's not only, like you said, it's not only us, but come on now, it's week one. And, like, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs has been banged up every single year the first couple weeks. It, this is going to linger on the whole year now. That's why they had questions about him coming out of college if he was going to be able to take the load since he never got a lot of snaps at Alabama. But nonetheless, let's hope our players heal up. You know, I'm confident going into week two. I don't see why we can't be 2-0 and when we leave Pittsburgh. We got the squad. We got the firepower. We got the defense. Let's get it done. Right on, brothers. All right, great call, man. I love the passion. Rich right there coming out the 510, Oakland, California. Great to great to hear from you, my man. Appreciate you. Glad you had a good time at the game. And, yeah, it's a little couple things to unload there. It's it's very loud. Uh, if the crowd is rocking and doing what they're supposed to do, yeah, it could be very loud because it is domed, like you mentioned. So it's going to be uh, even louder than it would be on an open-air stadium. And so, yeah, man, it, that's, that's why the Raiders, people are talking about can they have a – can they have a home field advantage? You're damn right they could have a home field advantage. <laughs> you know what I mean? As long as Raider Nation is in there and, and doing what they do and affecting the game like I like I urged, you know, and it was so – I know people probably got tired of me saying it. You know, hey, affect the game, affect the game. Raider Nation, you affected the game on Monday night. You really did. Do not let someone tell you that you didn't because you absolutely did. You showed up and you showed out. You got there early and you stayed late. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. That was a, a, a great job by the fan base really showing up and, and, and playing their role. And I can almost guarantee you outside of, you know, folks that were drinking, I bet you folks were tired after that game with the run of emotions and as much <laughs> as people were cheering. And I'm serious. I'm saying that in all sincerity. I was always told by my old program director when I was still doing music radio at Q97 in Fresno, he said after a four-hour show, if you're tired, you did a good show. Because really, I mean, I ain't out there digging ditches. I ain't out there working in the 100-degree heat. You know what I mean? But if you are tired after four hours, then you really put in your work. Well, Raider Nation, after about three to four hours of a game, you put in your work. I bet you a lot of folks left that game exhausted. Exhausted. Because it didn't matter if it was second down, if it was first down, if it was third down. Raider Nation was making noise. Really was. The entire game. The entire game. I, I, you're right. They should be tired because you're right. They were there early. That's what Me I'm getting oh, ready for I know. work like five hours before the <laughs> I game. I know. And it's like, so y'all out there partying and getting hyped before. Like we the were tailgate. on the air and they were standing around us, walking around us. They were cheering before we got off the air. So, yeah, Raider Nation did their job. But, yeah, of course, injuries are a concern. I, I wouldn't I'm not going to say that you need a new strength and conditioning coach. I don't I don't think that has anything to do with it. I really don't. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. That's why these players go out there and try to get as much money as possible as early as they can because they never know. You know, Gerald McCoy, he may never hit the field again for all I know. I thought that last year when he tore his, uh, his quad. I thought maybe he's not going to come back. He battled back. He's been in the league 12 years. He's fortunate. Everyone doesn't get that opportunity. So we'll see what happens. Josh Jacobs, as far as his toes go, I'll say this. I think anyone who's been a Raider fan for a very long time remembers Darren McFadden. Remember his 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 feet and how everything went with him, his toes. 
running on that basically concrete at the Oakland Coliseum when it was dirt, when it was the dirt field, that didn't help. That doesn't help these guys. That's wear and tear on your body. Just going to throw that out there. We got one more call that we got to get to? Yes, we do. Sal in the 559. Ah, Sal calling out of the no-town. What's up, Sal? What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing? I'm still trying to catch my voice back from that game. Man. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just wanted to call in, man. Hey, Vegas, y'all rocked out, man. That's my, I'm 30, but that's the first time I've ever been to Vegas. It was awesome. Good. It was really awesome. You guys, we just got to be a little quieter on offense. You know, but we'll get we'll get that. I know you guys aren't used to good football, UNLV, but nah, I'm joking with you, Demar. No, joking. Sal, that ain't funny, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when they play Fresno uh, State, what in two weeks? <laughs> Fresno yeah, State, maybe, two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you, Sal. Hey, you Keep know, that I, same energy. You know what? What made me really call in though is I have to say this: to shout out Fresno, Q, just mentioned Kennedy Seven, because Demar set it up. Yep. You had LA, then the Bay. Well, I'm from the middle of the nose. I'm from the nose. Shout That's out right. Diego Red, you know. And that was epic, man. I want to go to Vegas because I heard uh, when Bruce did that announcement, damn, I, oh, that was awesome. I said, you know what? I'm really not in the UFC and I watch it, but I got to go catch a fight. There you go. There and you then, go, Sal. Make that move. I, 559 hey, to the 702. Uh, <laughs> hey, I want to move to Henderson because, one, you know, I could get all my chilies and everything from my restaurant and over there, you know, it's through Mexico still. Right. And, you know, California and L.A. is right there. So There you oh, go. trust me. I need to talk to my aunt about moving. But, hey, I just I just had to call because my, you know, the hip-hop in me said, make that phone call. Stop. But I got to go cut meat, make chili that ain't going to it. I'm going to continue listening. Y'all kick butt and have a good day. All right, man. I appreciate you. And that sounds good, man. When you come to the 702, man, make sure you bring some of that good food, man, some of that good eating. We definitely, uh, we definitely will take some of that off your hands. No doubt about it. Sal from the 559. I love that. I love how we just did that first segment, man. We had a call out of L.A., we had a call out the Bay, and we had a call from the 559. 702, where you at? 702, where you at? Henderson, Vegas, Summerlin. I'm calling y'all out. Holla at your boy, man. 226 at the time. Coming up next, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll catch us up on all things Raiders and the Running Rebels. Well, the Rebels, excuse me. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.30 is the time on the dot here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My guy, Damon Cotton, he's rolling the wheels of steel right now. Your boy Q. Joined to have on the phone line a guy that's got all the hip-hop knowledge. Guy who runs deep in the streets when it comes to hip-hop. That's my guy, Ed Graney, from ESPN Las Vegas. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Graney. And I need to know, Ed, off top, who is Too Short? Uh, he's deep in the streets. <laughs> uh, we're not really sure. I, I'm not really sure what streets those are or where the streets are, but I'm from the mean streets of Laguna Beach, so uh, they might be asking who I am from the mean streets of Laguna Beach. There you go. There you go. So you're not going to tell me that Ice Cube and, and Too Short were performing at halftime at, at the game on Monday. You're not going to even tell me that, right? No chance. I thought it was Drake. I had no idea. <laughs> I, had a no, I had no idea who was performing. It was, very, it was very fun. I had Sam Gordon and Adam Hill. They gave me every word of every song. They were even dancing a little. So I assumed it was like a really good artist, and that they're very into artists and music. So I assumed it was someone very famous. There, yeah, well, there, there you go. And for anyone who doesn't know, Ed Grady uh, is not deep in the streets when it comes to hip-hop, no, and he thinks no. every hip-hop artist is Drake just uh, because, well, Drake's on everything. Now, Adam did. Adam was disgusted with me because we were talking about Ice Cube, and I said, that's the dude from the Beats movie. 
And he goes, what? And I said, that's the dude from the movie that was with Dr. Dre who made my beats. And Adam said, that's not what the movie was about. And I said, well, that's what I took from it. <laughs> Straight out of Compton, he got beats yes, from it. Yes, yes I got, well, my, my children love that movie because they've been given many beats and for many much money over their lives. So they enjoyed the movie, although I, I have a feeling my son and daughter knew a little bit more about the movie after it than I did going in. Yeah, I'm sure they, I'm sure they did. But uh, we, we always, hey, you know what? We don't mind letting your hair down and being yourself here on the show, man. That's that's what we're supposed to do. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, seven to ten a.m. You can check him out every morning with Tyler Bischoff. They do a great job. So, what was your biggest takeaways from Monday, man? The Raiders come back and get a victory. Uh, looked like that they were going to take an L at first, but they found a way to get back in that game, and it was very roller coaster like. But they get a, they get a victory, and they're one and zero. What were your thoughts? That was a crazy, crazy game. In my world, you know, we have to know what angles we're writing about for the paper, and I changed my angle 76 times in the last two minutes because, <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're winning, I don't know if they're losing, I don't know if Edwards got in. Then you have the bad false start, they go back. Uh, you know, Nassau gets the, the strip sack. So it was, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're, 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 you're a big, sorry, but someone was trying to get, I thought that was, I thought that was Devon. Um, you're, you're a huge underdog in terms of what people believe you're going to be. You're only, you know, you're a four point dog on the board and you win the game. So how, no matter how it happens, it's a great win for you because, and, and the same thing with Pittsburgh this week, they're laying, or Pittsburgh's laying five. When you can win games in the NFL where you're a dog, I don't care how you got there. It's a big win. So I think the perception was going in. People thought, Baltimore was, I don't know if it was going to be easy, but they were, people thought they were the better team. So for the Raiders to get out of there with a win, I thought was huge for them. Yeah, no, it really was. You know, 1-0, of course, the crowd was incredible. You know, they're very loud, and, and Allegiant Stadium really can have a great home field advantage as long as Raider Nation continues to show up and, and show out like they did on Monday. Yeah. Now, Ed, I got to ask you, the injuries, man, they, they're piling up. Uh, we continue to hear more injuries. Good's out for the season. McCoy's out for the season. They brought in some other guys. Still kind of waiting on Ngakwe to get an official word on him. Uh, uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on the injuries, and how much is that going to impact them moving forward? I mean, I think for them, you hope it doesn't impact the lines as much as it could. I mean, they need Richie Incognito back. He was a non-participant today, and yet Gruden said all along he might play in week two. Um, you know, Leatherwood, um, you know, he struggled. He struggled, but I think he's going to get better. I think James is going to get better. Um, and, you know, defensively, in Gokway, they were so good. That's the That's the best I've seen them. Uh, apply pressure in such a long time that that they really impressed me because they only played three they only brought three defensive ends because right. Pearl was a scratch um, and Koontz was a scratch so man you hope it doesn't hurt them on both lines because I think the offensive line is going to keep getting better and that defensive line against Lamar I mean he he did a few Lamar things where he got loose but not as much as I think people thought he was going to I think you know I thought NASA was really good. Um, you just hope that the depth doesn't get hurt because in the NFL, obviously, you know, yep. the more you hear your depth, the, you know, the, the harder it's going to be, even though Max Crosby told us today a little while ago at the facility he can play 2,000 snaps. I don't know if they're going to ask him <laughs> to do that. But he said he felt good. He said NASA had talked to him earlier today. He said he really felt good. So I think they're really hoping uh, Ngakwe is maybe a weak. Hamstrings are weird, as you know. I don't know what, the, I don't know what grade it is in the strain. But if he can go, uh, that would help them a lot in trying to get to Big Ben on Sunday. Yeah, no, it really would. And, and Ngakwe, I think he helps out Max Crosby a lot just from his presence on oh, the yeah. field, you know. But you mentioned yep. Cleve Farrell being a healthy scratch, and that's, I mean, that's concerning. He was a first-round pick, you know, number four overall. No matter how you look at it, that's who he was. Healthy scratch uh, for the first game of the season. Do you think that he is inserted in this, this, this week against Pittsburgh? And how much of an impact do you think he could have and, and maybe that even needs to have? 
Oh, I, I think I actually think he plays this week because I'm just going on the basis of I don't know if Ngakwe's going to be 100 percent anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was weird last week too because he he participated all week and but they didn't give him a designation on the back, so he's never questionable. He's never doubtful. He just didn't have a designation. And then when the final list comes out, he's just a scratch. So in the back of your mind, saying, "Okay, was it a healthy scratch? Were they worried about the back? Did he do something in, in pregame?" But at the end of the day, you hit it on the head. He's the fourth overall pick. They've got to start getting more out of him. Um, it just that's just the facts of where you're picked in a draft and what the expectation level is. So I do think he plays in Pittsburgh and, and he needs to play well. You know, um, what do they think Thomas adds depth? You know, to, can he add depth there? Um, you know, I don't know. You know, we'll see if Koontz is a scratch again, but they're going to need these guys, you know, whether it's Furl or Koontz or whoever to come in and play and, and make a difference, or at least like you said, and that's the best point here about Ngakwe because, you know, everyone now knows who Max Crosby is. And when you have a game like that, when they start game planning, watching film, and you know, Big Ben talked about Max Crosby today, seeing as a stud, um, you're going to get a lot more attention on Max Crosby, which means the other side better be doing something. So if Ngakwe can't go, whoever's over there needs to needs to make a difference on Sunday because they'll they'll eventually, you know, you start taking guys out in terms of your your game planning and making other people beat you. So it'll be really interesting if Ngakwe can't go, who plays and, and how well they do. Yeah, it is. It's going to be really, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's one of the matchups that I'm definitely paying attention to in a major way. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, i got to ask you real quick before we get to UNLV, I wanted to ask you about – Pittsburgh and their defensive line. They got T.J. Watt, the highest-paid defender, yeah. uh, coming to you know not coming to town, but he's going up against that offensive line. And then also uh, Hayward. You got a, a monster yep. there in the middle. So you're 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 putting a lot of pressure on Andre James. You're putting a ton of pressure on Alex Leatherwood. Uh, how how big and huge of a test do you think this will be for the young offensive line for the Raiders? I think it's another huge test. You know, it's weird in these you know pro football Frank uh, pro football focus didn't like Leatherwood or James's games, and yet. Carr was only pressured 30% of the time. So you, it's, I guess it's kind of how you look at numbers. And pro football focus is interesting. I don't always know exactly what the formula is, right. but they really grow to They grow to, I mean, Did he just hang up on me? I think he just hung up on me. I think it's kind of rude. <laughs> I, think, I think that's kind of rude. I think that's kind of – I think he, uh, he either pressed – I think he pressed mute. I think he probably pressed mute with his face. Ed, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, so, oh, okay. Now he's got jokes. All right, he's got jokes. Okay, <laughs> he's got jokes now. All right, now the jokes on me. All right, we're gonna do it again. Okay, call it back. He's he's got a he's got an answer for this. It's not good. That's bad. That's that's no bueno. It's unbelievable. Ed hung up on me once. Then he, well, he didn't really hang up on me. He muted me once. Then he said he's back until he wasn't back. He was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, let's try that one more time. Yeah, let's try this one more time, Ed. What's up, Ed? What's up, man? I don't know what happened there. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it down into one sentence. They need Richie Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you were talking about pro football focus and their grades, yeah. and then all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean. They both graded really low, uh, James and Leatherwood. But again, I, and before I, I don't know if you lost before, Derek was only pressured thirty percent of the time. So right. you can take that for what it is. Watch really, really good. Hayward's really, really good. They're going to be an issue. And I do think if you get Richie back, that calms everything down. But if he's not back, uh, Johnson, John Simpson's going to have to play well. It's just like on the other side with Cleve Furrow. Eventually, guys have to play well and they have to step up. But um, it will be interesting. I, you know, I, I'm with you. Like I love players like Watt. I love watching players mm-hmm. like that. 
So I'm just excited to see the matchup. Yeah, it's gonna be man. That's gonna be a tough one right there. That's gonna be very yeah. interesting. I mean, but hey, if you're the Raiders, you gotta in your glass has has half full. You're looking at yeah. it and say, well, Baltimore was a hell of a defense that we went up against, yeah. and Pittsburgh's gonna be a hell of a defense too. So yeah, exactly. You, you know, know. If, my gosh, if you get out of Pittsburgh two and zero. That is not something a lot of people thought. Exactly, exactly. You're feeling pretty good about yourself at, at, at that point. Uh, I, w- I want to ask you about UNLV. They lose to Arizona State. They're 0-2 on the season. But I think more importantly, uh, Brumfield goes out. He has a, a, a upper injury. Uh, he just didn't protect himself, you know, and, and he's a, a big key to the success of the Rebels. He's got to learn to protect himself, Ed. And do you think after being designated as day-to-day earlier this week uh, that he'll be able to play on Saturday? That's a huge question because, as you know, the information out of there is very, very little. It looked to me like maybe he's evaluated for a concussion. Um, I don't know if he graded out as a concussion because if he did, then he won't play, but I'm hearing that that wasn't the case, that he is day-to-day. Um, I think the question now becomes, if he can't go, who do you go with? I mean, Tate Martell was on the sidelines dress. They said he warmed up. Uh, apparently, he was throwing at practice this week. So, uh, might, you know, might be a great kid. I'm sure he is, but I think we've kind of seen Justin Rogers and what he can give you. Mm-hmm. So if it's not Brumfield, I can't believe you just don't go with Tate Martell at this point. I think we've seen what Rogers is as a quarterback. And if Tate's ready to go physically, you're, you know, you're getting 30. I mean, you're, there's nothing to lose here. <laughs> you have a really angry, upset Iowa State team coming here who has not nearly played the best uh, ball that they can, certainly not as a top 10, 15 team. Right. So, I, you know, if Brumfield can't go and he's not 100%, I roll the dice with Tate and see. You gotta, at some point, you've got to see what you have with Tate Martell. Yeah, no, and that's a that's a guy that I know, Demond, who's about to jump in here. I know Demond's been kind of calling for uh, Martell to hit the field. Demond, what you got now? Ed, you took the words right out of my mouth because Steve Cofield put out some video, Tate Martell throwing today in practice. Obviously, yeah. he's suited up wearing the number 16. You know who else wore 16 in college? Peyton Manning. I'm not making any comparisons. Come on, man. Just saying. <laughs> Come on, hey, man. Hey, 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 let me. Don't let me take the mic away from, from you. <laughs> uh, Demond, can they cover the 30 first? <laughs> Tate Martell, yes. Tate Martell, I, I said this before when we were setting up the show. Iowa State's on upset alert. Do you agree? Well, so Mar- in, Mar- they, if he they've starts. never been a top 10 team to start a season. They, they play really bad against Northern Iowa, but they, they get a win in the end. And Iowa just spanked them again, which they always do. And Iowa's got a good defense, but still, you're talking about an Iowa State team who, you know, supposedly has the best running back in the country in Brees Hall. They have a uh, Brock Purdy quarterback who's been there forever. He's a really seasoned guy, and they haven't played well at all. So one of two things is going to happen, because they're bringing the entire state of Iowa with them. Um, they're going to be really good and really pissed off, and the Rebels are in major trouble. Or maybe Iowa State just isn't the top fifteen everyone thought they were, and the Rebels, you know, can you know get you know like they did against Arizona State, stay in it. Now here's the problem, Devon. You know this. Staying in it's one thing, but if you're an offense who continues to go three and out, you know, four, five, six times in a row, your defense is better, but they're going to get gassed like the mm-hmm. first two weeks. They're not good enough at this point defensively to overcome an offense that keeps going three and out. So maybe Tate Martell is the difference, and they don't go three and out, and your defense gets a little rest. Um, if that's the case, maybe they're in it. I do think that I do think at the end of the day, this has a lot more to do with what Iowa State shows up. Right. If the seventh ranked team comes and the best running back in the country finally has the game, and the quarterback's better than he was last week, they're not going to win the game, you know. But if all those other things don't happen, and maybe Iowa State isn't as great as everyone thought they would, who knows? They're in Allegiant Stadium. The place is going to be really, really full. I mean. They've opened up the top deck. Now, a lot of those people are going to be Iowa State fans because, like I said, they bought up a ton of season tickets from the Rebels. But if you're UNLV, you just want a lot of people in there at this point. Yeah, DeMond, there's a lot of ifs and buts going on in that conversation. Hey, like you said in Dumb and Dumber. 
So you're saying there's a chance. Well, (laughs) yeah. No, okay, I'll say this. Some teams look at certain teams and they'll say, okay, this is the get-right game. And for everything that Ed just said, Oklahoma State, Iowa State has not played well offensively. This could be that game where they say, okay, we're going to get our blank together in this game. Yeah, uh, that, there's there's every reason. The, the running back is terrific. He's not been very good. I can't believe he's going to continue to be that bad. I mean, you just you don't make mistakes when you say he's the number one guy in the draft and he's the best running back in the country. I mean, those usually aren't mistakes. Um, so I expect I expect him to play well. And with the Rebels, you know, you just got to do what you do. I mean, the, the thing about Marcus Arroyo is he came here from Oregon, the Justin Herbert kind of coordinator, known for at least his reputation was offense. Well, in two games, they haven't shown anything offensively, so they need to get it going. Defensively, like I said, right. I told you guys last week, they're a lot better, but Q, you know this, if there's no depth, you can't put a college defense out there all game. Eventually, against better people like Arizona State, they're going to get gassed. Right. So this is on Marcus Arroyo and his offense. This is not on their defense. Right, I agree. I agree 100%. And, I mean, look, you're getting a big-time game at Allegiant Stadium. I think that that's a big deal. You know, I think yeah. having Iowa State come in and, and everyone that they're going to bring to the table and, you know, giving, giving UNLV a big early test. And, and I, I guess at the very end of the day, it is kind of lets you know, you know, where you need all the work at. You know, you're getting these good teams. You're getting Arizona State. You're getting Iowa State. I mean, these are some big-time teams that you're playing. It's not like you're just playing a bunch of slums or whatever. No. You're, you're playing I mean, some, you know, yeah. Listen, you're not playing Eastern Washington. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> But you did. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go there, Devon. I'm sorry. And I was just going to say it's like in the ins, like in basketball, where you have the team they get beat by Duke and Kentucky, but yeah. then conference play they really pick it up because they faced all that tough com- that all that tough opposition yeah. opposition to start the season. Well, is that we'll like know if it happens, truth there? Next week they go to Fresno, and Fresno almost beat Oregon, so we'll have to see if that that happens when you get into conference play. There you go, and that's what it's about. It's about conference play. So keep your head up there, young chipper. Pins held high. All right, Ed, well, we appreciate you so much as always, my man. What you got coming out on the press box, you and Tyler? And then what else you got coming out on the Las Vegas Review Journal that folks should be on the lookout for? uh, Case Kiefer stepping in for Tyler tomorrow from the Sun. That'll be really cool. We have a lot of good things. Case, suppose that you want to listen to you at 9 o'clock. Case tells me he's the most intelligent, knowledgeable music fan ever. So we're going to play a little game with Case and give away some prizes to listeners if okay. Case can kind of identify certain songs. Okay. And uh, the Review Journal, we're on our way to Pittsburgh to cover the Raiders. So uh, I'm going to hit the streets of Pittsburgh, and you never know what that's going to bring. Oh, hey, man, I know. <laughs> you're deep in the streets. When I get there, I'm, I'm going to look you up and yeah. find out where you're at. <laughs> Come, I'll wave at you from the streets. There you go. There you go. Ed, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> We'll see you guys. Take All right, care. there he goes. Uh, that's that's the mean streets of uh, the world of Ed Graney right there. Good stuff. Uh, definitely appreciate him. He's our uh, from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, again, 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, with Tyler Bischoff. They do the press box, do a great job. And then, of course, the Las Vegas Review Journal as well. 2.47 is the time. Come back, close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation! This is Marcus Allen. You listen to Radio Station Nine Twenty. Say Raider Nation Radio Nine Twenty. Raider Nation Radio Station Nine Twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be hearing from Brooke Pryor from ESPN. She does a great job covering the Pittsburgh Steelers like a glove. She'll give us all the rundowns. Let us know about the Steelers. I mean, hell, they got off to a slow start last week against Buffalo offensively. 
came back in the second half, played really good defense, made a nice special team play to get in the end zone as well, and took control of that game, gave Buffalo an L, and got off to a 1-0 start. So uh, the Raiders now travel to Pittsburgh, 10 a.m. kickoff. You know how that goes, 10 a.m. West Coast kickoffs. Man, that's usually early. It's something that, as a, as a Raider fan, I'll tell you, I used to always dread when the Raiders would uh, travel east and have to start at 10 a.m. I just never thought that they... They just got off the plane and got onto the field and got things going uh, the way that they should with those early kickoffs. But I'll say over the past few years, man, that, that really hasn't been the narrative anymore. The last few years, really going back to even when Jack Del Rio was the head coach, I, I kind of feel like they started to turn the corner with those 10 a.m. kickoffs. But that's what it is. And you know how they say it is what it is. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind, Mitch? Hey, Q, how you doing? I guess you enjoyed that stadium from on TV. The what? It doesn't rain. It doesn't rain. No, the stadium. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't like I don't like domes, unless the weather is going to interrupt. I mean, I can't wait for Vegas to have baseball. Is that going to be uh, in domes? Oh, Vegas? yeah. So, um, yeah, anything that Vegas has. I am about to say, anything Vegas has is going to have to have a dome. Well, I can understand hockey and basketball. I mean, <laughs> I know. I just say, um, it's going to be another tough team uh, that we got. I hope our running game can pick it up. And these injuries, that's why these 17 games is ridiculous, along with, along with three preseason games. Uh, sorry to see McCoy go. Um, what's the story with uh, Will uh, Farrell? Uh, I hope he doesn't play like Will Farrell. I expect <laughs> a lot of things from him. What do you think? And thanks for taking my call, brother. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thanks for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you. Uh, Klee was a healthy scratch last week. It's just that simple. And Damon Arnett only played one snap. You know, and I, I point out him because he was a former first-round pick as well. One snap. And Cleef Earl had zero. Between the two guys, one snap. Oh, he had a couple special team snaps as well. Who? Uh, Damon Arnett, Arnett had yeah. one snap, dog. It was only, I thought I saw four, and I thought it was like a couple special teams. Damon Arnett, to my knowledge, had one snap. To my knowledge. Either I way. Trying, I was trying to give him credit. I, yeah, I seen, I seen even if somewhere. he had four snaps. I've seen four somewhere. Okay, so well, give, if you saw to... four snaps, then cool. Four snaps <laughs> for a guy who was a former first-round pick. That's nothing That's nothing to brag about at all. That's nothing to argue about. No, I had four snaps. <laughs> Should have had four snaps on the first drive. Four snaps. Gonna give my man his credit. <laughs> well, if that's, if that's the case, he's gonna have to give some credit back. Four snaps. Whatever the case is. It was less than 10. Tell you that. I had about as many snaps as he had. Not really. Yeah, but if, you, if they would have needed you to suit it up, I know you would have. I could have given them four snaps. Now, he <laughs> would have been on the sideline. <laughs> I'd have stood on the sideline next to the coach looking for my helmet for three of them. Yo, you know, I think that they get you, like, let's say, like, on the punt. No, you know, maybe come on, no. Just, maybe, no. Just run down. No. Just run down. You know, oh, oh, oh the kickoff, that's no. perfect. No, you know, It just run hard throughout no. the end zone. No, because someone like Marlon Humphrey <laughs> would come and try to knock my head off. You ever been on kickoff return? Have you ever been that guy with your head on a swivel? Oh, yes. I got ear holed one time, and I, don't, I still don't know where I'm at from that. I'll always say I've only been scared playing football one time, and that was against Bishop Gorman, the team. Whoa, Ronnie Stanley was on that team. Right. Where it was just like, man, these, these cats are different. <laughs> They're just built differently. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I went down on kick, kick, uh, kickoff, uh, you know, kickoff uh, coverage one time, and I, just, I saw the dude in sight. And then all of a sudden he made a cut to the left, and I made a cut to the left, but I didn't keep my head on a swivel like I was supposed to. That's why they tell you keep your head on a swivel. And I got ear-holed. Bye, Al! 
All right, before we finish out the hour, let's get to a text. We got one from our guy, Mailman Raider. You didn't appreciate my story about getting ear hold, clearly. No, I just wanted to get Mailman Raider's text in here. keyword R&R, 7S text line. Go ahead, Demond. Q, is Regis on the 53? Honestly, I'd I'd rather give Jacobs a couple of games of rest and have him right and have him right for the backside of the season playoffs. Give Regis a chance and see what we got in him. Uh, Mailman Raider, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And Regis, I believe, was on the 53 last week. I know he got called up from the practice squad. I was just looking over the roster, as a matter of fact, um, and I don't see him on there. So I can't really answer your question because I don't see him on the on the roster, and I'm looking at it. I'm literally looking at the one that they gave us uh, from the press box on, on Monday, uh, the Raiders and, and Ravens, and I don't see him on there. So I'll say this, I guess to answer your question, I don't. I don't think that Regis is the answer for Josh Jacobs. I think Regis would be a nice change of pace back. I wouldn't mind seeing him out there as a as a third back, but Josh Jacobs is just different. Josh Jacobs has a nose for the end zone. Josh Jacobs is just really good at what he does. And I mean, you're talking about the back end of the of the schedule and the playoffs. They've played one game. Ain't nobody talking about the playoffs. Ain't nobody talking about the back end of the schedule. You got to get through week two, week three. You got to get to about, I don't know, eight wins, nine wins before you start talking about the back end of the schedule and the playoffs. It's only one game. It was a nice victory. It's only one game. You can't get too far ahead of yourself just yet. 2.57 is the time. Now it's 2.58. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness with Brooke Pryor from ESPN talking all things Steelers. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.